everybody, this is Mitch, and I'm coming with you with a special announcement here. It has been brought to my attention, and I've looked into it a little bit now, that there is a Metabots game that you shouldn't be playing, you shouldn't touch or interact with. I shouldn't have to tell you that NFTs and cryptocurrencies are bad, just in general. They're bad environmentally, they are bad intellectually, they are bad artistically, and generally just morally bad. So building off of that, it turns out there is a Metabots game out there, and unofficial metabots game based out of europe where apparently some magic with the metabots copyright allowed these people to start a metabots game where in the background of the game processes they mine for cryptocurrencies and in the foregrounds because they have to be extra shitty there are microtransactions on top of that they have their own cryptocurrency called metacoin out there now metacoin pre-orders went almost entirely to the devs and then from then on also mostly went entirely to the devs with very few of the lay person into a metabots themed cryptocurrency as misguided as they are unable to buy it i don't know of many more things that could say scam than this but i thought it would be important to come out here and warn you guys hey stay away from metacoin stay away from unofficial metabots games stay away from things that say they're official look metabots is a dead franchise here in the west we know this if you see anything coming from Metabots that's not in Japanese, you probably just need to avoid it. And as a little special bonus, just avoid cryptocurrencies, avoid NFTs, avoid all that garbage. You don't need that. And hopefully this is the last time I have to have a special announcement about Metabots on our podcast. We try to keep things, you know, a little bit more fun here. But uh, this was important enough that I thought we should come out and actually make something so people could be warned. I've been diving through Twitters, I've been looking through European copyright law, I've been looking through basically a lot of stuff I don't want to keep in my brain anymore, just to make sure I got all the facts right. And I want to get this out here so you guys can actually stay safe and not get scammed by people preying on your love of Metabots. So, thanks for listening, hopefully I'll see you guys in a real Metabots episode soon. Come and grab your friends, it's time for MetaWatch, the world's first, best, only, and probably last Metabots Damachi podcast. My name's Mitch, I use he and pronouns, and I like spinning and bouncing from target to target. Joining me as always, a true five-star drop, Colin. And you know, swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, you know, as long as we're working together, that's all I really care about. Aww. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got into... Uh, world flipper because we both you. got into world flipper uh <laughs> it's like well colin's playing a dumb mindless game it should be fun i open it up now i gotta learn tactics and stuff in a listen i am in this game uh <laughs> i i just unlocked you today don't worry oh man yeah uh evan world flipper is in fact me um uh you know I was very thankful that they got a good Japanese voice actor uh, to to voice me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, they're just they're dependable. They've got a good the good reputation in the guild, and people really like listening to their for their down to earth and like you know logical and like you know grounded advice. Like they're just a good good guy out here just doing some adventuring, going through the kaleidoscope, getting getting some mats. Uh, uh, it is it is very fun watching you and everyone else. Uh, legal friend of the show sam uh talk about it because i just press the button a lot and then i double tap when i need to and then 
And he goes, hey, you win. Here's a bunch of shiny things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, Mitch. If you uh, if you build a multi-ball team the right way, that you just you uh, start tapping the screen and you don't stop tapping the screen. <laughs> Why would it, I, I tap the screen all the time anyway? You, you follow <laughs> exactly. me on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I'm always maybe. tapping the screen one way or the other. Yeah, but when you do it with a multi-ball team, you literally do not have to think. Uh, and you win very, very quickly. <laughs> mm, I do like quickly. Um, uh, let's let's bring this back to Metabots for a second. Let's let me ver. Actually, first let me verify some dates to make sure this did actually predate Metal uh, Metabots. Um, um. Oh no, it didn't. So Met- Metabots is a 1997 first release. Uh, in 1999, uh, we do get a pinball-themed mecha monster raising game called Metal Walker. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this game, Mitch, uh, but it is basically if Metabots and World Flipper had a baby, and I obsessed over it when I saw it in um, uh, 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 Nintendo Power, but n- just never got it. I, ne- I never, f- I never had the money. I never saw it in stores, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but now I'm discovering that in 2013 it got a mobile game named Monster Strike, which I'm going to open up a new tab for that. Um, and that no, it's just generic. Uh, it's probably worse than World Flipper. We're not going to, I'm not even going to think about it. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Do we make a show about Metabots still, or are we talking about pinball for the rest of our lives? <laughs> hey. I fucking love me some pinball. <laughs> it's all I do when I go to arcades. They got a pinball table. I'm there. I choose pizza restaurants based on which ones still have pinball tables. Oh, that, that, valid. Yeah. Um, oh, man. God, pinball's um, just real good. That's how you sold me on it. Like, oh, you know, here's all these people. I don't care. Oh, look at this design. I don't care. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Who cares? Pinball. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in it. I don't care about um, <laughs> um, sexy adventure dad. I don't care about sexy uh, venture wolf man. I don't care about <laughs> any of these other guys. I see people talking about. It's it's all about the pinball. Uh, I will say very sadly, we know that there is a um, uh, a Metabots mobile game, uh, and World Flipper has been out in Japan for two years now. They have yet to cross over. Uh, but in my heart of hearts, I'm keeping a flame lit. That at some point uh, I will be able to get our son Metabi in World Flipper. Uh, I'm going to make sure it happens. I, I want to see it. They have a mech. There's a mecha world. Like stage five is a mecha world. It's where all the robots are and the maid with a gun. Uh, I maybe I don't know. I guess there's no humans in the robot world, so I don't know if the mech with the maid with the gun is actually from there or if we're going to get like another futuristic like you know. I I play the game more, but still, who knows? A maid with a gun can be a robot. <laughs> I'm not gonna say she, she can't. Be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, brass is kind of a maid with a gun. I posted that uh, that Metabot. That's a like a really cool design for a maid with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, should we talk about this episode? Is that what we do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We. I'm we sorry should. for all of our fans that don't give a shit about World Flipper. Uh, I I bet a healthy majority of our fans like like pinball games on mobile. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure since we personally know a healthy majority of our fans, I've already tried to convince them to play World Flipper. <laughs> it's I like flashing colors and clicking on screens and also pinball. It works. Yeah. It's like and a baby toy. Yeah. 
And and like legitimately, one of my biggest like uh, things I'm excited about this game is like it's not super horny. Um, yeah. yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. there has been yeah, like they put shorts on a girl, but like even before they put the shorts on the girl, like her design wasn't that horny to begin with. So like I don't know. Yeah, uh, there, there's there's a couple like this is obviously hey if you like men here you go, but like oh. there's there's not really I don't think there's really any like like uh, like bikini armor or anything. Like I, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, like there are some legit, like super cool designs in this. Everything is smartly designed. Like, um, you know, there's there's no like, um, uh, I don't know any way they put. It. There's no lolicon pandering in this mm. game. Thank fucking god. Um, yeah, like the there are some char- there are plenty of characters that are clearly supposed to be children, and they're fun like Studio Ghibli children. Uh, and then there's some big buff dudes, but like you know. Uh, you're not seeing any, like, dick cleave or anything on screen, just, you know, like, just all, all around, like, super varied designs, really like this game. There's a robot lawyer, uh, yeah, who's you can't, pretty cool. You can't do better. <laughs> can't do better than a robot lawyer. Unless, yeah. skeleton lawyer. Um, unless, Metabee goes to law school. I mean, we learn later on, he does a lot of things off screen that we don't know. And yeah. that I fully support. <laughs> In every yeah. way. <laughs> so starting up, uh, our first episode is Rocks Reborn. Um, uh, we're going to... We start off, we're at the arcade. Uh, Banjo is playing some kind of crazy surfing gladiator game. Like... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> this game's rad. Uh, it's yeah. called... Uh, so the arcade is called G-Joy, which is fun. But um, the game's called Perfect Win. And what you do is you skate... Uh, sideways on a sideways board kind of like the airfoil board from uh tailspin yeah and you swing like a foam umbrella like it's a sword it's and a double-ended s- foam umbrella <laughs> you're right yeah I, the darth moliness cannot be understated this was yeah roughly phantom menace time um yeah but like on screen you're controlling a a um an ultraman figure who's fighting giant aliens <laughs> in space like that is the coolest game i could imagine if you made me that age even now like, it's, it's like up there. i definitely think it's supposed to be a super harrier reference too yeah. um because right. like uh yeah. oh man because like you know that technically is like uh like you know the the visuals for that game is you're just a guy who's like hanging on to a giant flying gun like flying around and shooting stuff uh, and it it is like technically a seated arcade, but I don't know if like uh, if it was one of those crazy like the seat moves and you use that to control it kind of thing like a lot of the the um, uh, like motorcycle games and stuff. But you know, uh, oh, it's it, cool he, shit. <laughs> he was definitely standing on a board that was going up and down as he moved. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh, like, I, I'm, I'm saying that, like, you know, it's it, like the visuals are definitely inspired by Space Harrier, which I don't know if if that is a moving like, like you know, arcade game as far as the controls go. But like, also, it's definitely referencing crazy, dumb skateboarding arcade games and uh, motorcycle arcade games. Like this, is, yeah, this is a cool thing. Yeah, it's right as hell. <laughs> oh man, um, and uh, Cam shows up because uh, he wants to hire him again to destroy. Arc Dash and Tyrell Beetle, but uh, Banjo doesn't give a shit. He wants to play arcade games. Uh, <laughs> it's good. He's he's got good character motivations. Yeah, um, and uh, he brings up the good point. Well, like if Cam wants him destroyed, why won't he just do it himself? 
And Cam's like, oh, well, you know, you're just so much better at controlling, you know, Blossom Hill than I am. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're too scared, then I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have bothered you. I'll let you get back to your day. And that's that's what gets Banjo all in. He nearly strikes Cam with his <laughs> double-ended umbrella and, uh, you know, um, says that, you know, he'll, he'll do it because he always wins. Now, uh, we've been talking about it a lot lately because this is roughly the anniversary of the podcast. But um, <laughs> I, I will always support a who you call in chicken move because that's how this <laughs> podcast started <laughs> we played chicken and i posted that marty mcfly who you call in chicken gif yeah so i the fact that it comes up in metabots is just it's full circle i love it it's it's like it's not my favorite like trope uh but it's it's motivation i will always accept without thinking about it so yeah. like that's fine <laughs> yeah i absolutely uh, but, uh, so we immediately, immediately cut to a fight in a parking deck between uh, Blossomel and Arkdash. <laughs> uh, and a brown-haired Ginkai. Yeah. Uh, that's what kind of clued me off is the, like, mm-hmm. this is what made me, like, clock in, like, that the animation is slightly different in this. And it's like, you know... Um, like, you know, brown-haired Genkai, like, this whole, like, scene looks a little color-washed out in a way that fits, like, conveying they're in a dark parking deck. Yeah. And the animation is incredibly good. Like, and especially the color palette really made me immediately think, like, is this, are we watching the Digimon movie? Am I going to look this episode up on, on fucking Anime News Network and find out that fucking Hosada, like, unit directed it or something? Um... And the answer is no, but Mitch, I know I already, like, broke broke this news story to you, but uh, do you want to know who did work on this show? I've literally forgotten what you told me, so yes. Uh, so, um, uh, I, I looked it up, and, uh, you know, you, uh, it's... There's there's only one kind of lead director listed for the credits for Metabots Damashi. Same guy for the whole show, like body body bad, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and very clearly, like, yeah, like the like even though they're not listing animation directors or or that kind of things, there's, you know, um uh these storyboards are only credit accredited to like one or two people. Um uh there is a very there's a laundry list of people who do key animation for this which is probably how they're credit uh, you know uh, crediting both the people doing key animation but also the people doing key animation and like filling in like admin and leadership roles uh and uh wouldn't you know it um episodes 23 24 and 25 and a, a good handful of other episodes um were outsourced in part to a studio called telecom animation film um and if you look up Telecon Animation Film, uh, they are listed as having done a lot of, like, outsourced animation for a variety of different things, especially overseas stuff. Um, but the big thing they're known for is they are a theatrical, like, animation film studio and did a lot of the Lupin movies. Um, and if you start to dig through this specific set of animators that they sent, the, that they assigned, you know, the Metabots duties, they're basically all assigned, um, you know, key animation uh, for, for these couple of episodes. And if you look through their work history, it seems like, oh, all, all these people have some common uh, ties uh, in that uh, it seems like they all, like, worked together previously on a little movie called Akira. Um, 
and uh, the majority of them go on to be the backbone of a bunch of DC's animated projects. <laughs> Which I... So... Yeah, I'm absolutely in love with that. Um, yeah. The idea is someone could make a character like Metabi and eventually level up and draw Booster Gold is just... It's all I need. <laughs> yeah. The world's a good uh, place, you know, actually. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, you, you hop in for a couple of really good episodes of Metabots, and then you move on and you make, like, every Batman animated movie. Uh. <laughs> Here's a fun question. Because I think uh, most everyone watched Akira way too young. How old were yeah. you when you first watched Akira? <laughs> um, I was in middle school. Uh, this was uh, one of the first, um, you know, a uh, 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 friend of the show who does not like to be named online. Um, but, uh, you know, one of my roommates uh, ha- have had them on um, uh, Small Walk back when I did that. Um, you know, uh, one of our first bonding moments was me having, like, going to sleep over at their house, and I, I guess we were, like, 11 or 12 or maybe 13, and, uh, watching Akira and Princess Mononoke, uh, because their dad, like, uh, ran an FYE and just, like, would bring <laughs> movies home. <laughs> That's fun. Wow. Uh, seeing Akira at a store, like, you know, it's a cartoon. I guess that is how people thought back then. Oh no 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 no! Like like their dad was a complete nerd. Like okay. the, it was fully aware of what we were being exposed to. It's just That's you know fair. it's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we watched Kite. Uh, that was definitely wow. not a movie I should have watched at that age. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I I rented Akira from my public library. Okay. And, um, I was I wasn't in junior high yet. Um, so. I would say it was probably like fourth or fifth grade when I when I first rented it, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. And uh, I did not enjoy the film. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's valid. I've never liked to gore, really. And Akira's got some good gore and body horror, which I'm not, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, fucking <laughs> yeah. that whole end of that movie is just a big old spaghetti baby, man. <laughs> yeah. And like they didn't even fight a giant robot toy filled with another toy and a bunch of kids like if i want a yeah. giant baby like there's a good one i can watch now oh um, no well mitch no what you said is factually untrue there is a giant toy filled with toys uh and also three children in akira <laughs> yeah yeah you're right okay is metabots huh we'll get there I think this is. I think this is the first time I said Metabots is just like another show, as opposed to the reverse. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, categorically, Akira did appear before Metabots did. Yeah. It is the inspiration for an entire generation of people who probably worked on Metabots. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, directly, some of them were, went from Akira <laughs> to Metabots. They traded up yeah. in my book. Um, yeah. We should get back to talking about the episode. I'm sorry I took us off on that tangent. No, 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 no. Because we we needed to go there. Yeah, <laughs> we're just about to like the best part in this episode. Um. So, uh, Arc Dash gets his shit like just completely wrecked. Um, and uh, you know is is trying to go toe to toe with Blossom Mail. Blossom Mail, like this is just a amazingly shot fight. Uh, uh, Arc Dash gets pushed through the wall of the parking deck turns out that he's several stories up just as Icky and Metabee walk by. 
Um, and Arkdash just falls directly in front of them. B tries to catch his lifeless body. The metal pops out. Icky catches it, and they, you know, they they save Arkdash from being destroyed by uh, by Blossom Hill. <laughs> so there's um there's a few things I want to point out here real quick because I think we're going to get into me shipping uh Meta B and Arkdash a little bit more today. Yeah. So I might as well start now. Uh, well, I can't... mean, as long as like Kantaroth isn't going to show back up ever. So Oof. yeah, Kantaroth can't. Kantaroth is in an anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he catches him princess style. Didn't even think. He does. Just yeah. Just looks up, catches his boy, holds him, and then you know, they fall down together. Um, so like you know, already I'm like, all right, that's that's good. But then what Metabee said registered, and I want you to come with me on this journey because I. I have bad jokes that only make sense to me. I, I understand it. I think I think maybe metabots in my comedy levels are actually very similar. So <laughs> Metabee and Icky are walking up and Icky goes, I'm so hungry. Wouldn't it be great if hamburgers fell from the sky? And then Metabee said, yeah, but the ketchup would make a mess. And then catches Arkdash. Yeah. So ketchup. <laughs> he caught. <laughs> he catch something yeah and i'm like from up yeah from up uh, obviously from up you don't yeah um so i'm like hold on because normally metabots has a bunch of non sequiturs that are like just dumb but i'm sitting hold on that catch and catch-up joke was intentional we are finally getting like the dub punch up again which is very yeah, nice but I, i'm just worried that all this time i was dismissing non sequiturs they were just like very bad jokes that require to you to deconstruct some things and then do sound like rhymes. If that's the case, <laughs> then I have to watch the beginning of Damashi again. I guess so. No, that you don't. I I can promise you, you don't. There's no humor there. Uh. But yeah, I I hope that was intentional. Um, because that is my my kind of joke, and it's not great, but I love it. Well, but yeah. Uh, Banjo leans over the side, uh, and, uh, you know, says, oh, he's glad that it's Icky and Metabee down there because they're complete amateurs, and so he won't even bother going down no. there to fight them. Hold on. Which they get mad about, so he decides to fight them anyways. I'm going to interrupt uh, again, Colin. Yeah? Because Genkai leaned over and said, thank you, Metabee, you saved Dark Dash. You, he did. And, and He appreciates his son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just, hey, thanks for helping me out. It's, you saved my friend. Yeah. Like, uh, it's because Genkai is the best character in the show now. Uh, this is like, you couldn't write a better, like, villain to hero story. It, yeah. And as a side character, like, that's phenomenal. And it's, like, not even, like, a Vegeta, because, like, I know Vegeta is the model for it. And it's not a Vegeta situation where, like, he's no. a villain who gets chumped up by Icky and then has to, like, decides to be friends with Icky so he can eventually fight him again later. It's like, no, like... Yeah, Genkai's written Genkai well. is a full, like, character <laughs> change. We reveal, like, his true nature, the core of his being, why he went astray for as long as he did, and he's just a better person now. Like, it, it's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, Genkai and Vegeta are the same height. I'll give you that. But other than that, there's, like, no similarities. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, also, Genkai can and does be icky. Yeah. <laughs> and is good at fighting, unlike Vegeta, yeah. who historically is very bad at fighting. Uh you know who's good at fighting? Blossom Ale, because yes. Blossom Ale kicks Meta B onto the fucking monorail. How? Do, how? <laughs> you seen? You seen those games? <laughs> it's those... a little extreme. I love to see it, but it's a bit crazy. Those uh, demon boots are made for proceed, kicking. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, Metabee's up on that train now, and I guess Velocimail flies after it, and uh, Icky and Banjo have to run after the train. <laughs> it's good. Um, Icky sees Nai and stops, uh, and uh, Banjo's like, oh, what are you stopping for? See you later, loser. I'm going to win. Only to discover that Icky has gotten Nai to drive the truck to keep up. Uh, so Banjo has to steal somebody's skateboard. Um and uh, yeah, this this uh, we we move into our next sequence as so, uh, Icky. Oh yeah, go for it. So the animation here is also phenomenal. Like the way Knives yeah. driving is um, stunt car esque, <laughs> and it, it, it's wonderful. She's got yeah. all those years of being a master thief behind her. Yeah, so that she can just uh, translate that directly into saving a boy. Yeah. Um. Still, like, don't know exactly what the situation between. Uh, like CG versus onion skinning, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. is going on here. But it's like you can kind of tell, like especially like a lot of a lot of blossom ale, like kind of looks like it's being done in 3D and drawn over, or or like I don't know, like um, uh, depending on exactly how they're doing it, like it's not like they're trying to do full 3D CGI stuff like Tachikomas in in Ghost in the Shell or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely like a a clear like computer generated element to it, but it's done. It's being done in a very smart way where you really have to look for it to notice like how smooth some of the movements are. Mm -hmm. And it's like doing complex movements to like hide that in a very smart way. And just like they are, uh, you know, the tools that we've been complaining about early in Damashi are now being like used to their fullest extent to like make this show fucking kick ass to look at. (laughs) And, um, and this, episode in particular is really highlighting it um because metabots used to be really good at this um and then begin damashi stumbling steps but now like their mastery of the 3d space as they spin during like these very dynamic fights like yeah it's impressive and like even while nice driving like zooming past stuff turning rapidly going down in alleyways like very fluid still looks really cool and dynamic yeah, like, and like uses like the the motion and movement of things to still make sure that you're grounded. You're never confused about where you are. Yeah, like the you know like obviously like you know the tram being like the like a single monorail kind of thing helps ground things. Mm-hmm. But like the way that that's used in like the backgrounds of like shots and stuff to like ground where the movement is going. This isn't like. You know, the, there were a couple of okay fights in the beginning of Damashi, but, like, we're just, like, fucking a mess to understand, like, where you are in this building that this fight is taking place in. Whereas now, like, you know, uh, uh, everything in this in the next episode is, it, like, you always know exactly what's going mm-hmm. on, where you mm-hmm. are, uh, where you're sitting in the world, that kind of thing. It's, um, it's wonderful. I I keep making sure we stop and, like, praise the animation, and I know you're doing it, too. Like specifically because like this is it was not bad. Just, it was bad for a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very bad. We should always appreciate when it's good. But like, this is still like better than a lot of animation I see like watching TV today. Which is yeah. I wa- mean, this is going like, from Pokemon one extreme to will another. Not look nearly this good until they do the big redesign that everyone hated. Yeah, like, like <laughs> the very good cartoon. That's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I just I love night driving. It's real good. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so she comes screeching to a halt. They run as Metabee gets kicked off the tram. Well, no, uh, Icky tells Metabee to jump off of the yeah. tram, Does, uh, that he's got to land on this other building and Red Run like just jumps and follows yeah. him. Uh, oh, I, I thought Red Run also attacked Metabee 
causing him to not land the, the jump. No, it's like the, the whole thing is Inky okay. tells B to jump off the tram to try and like get away from Red Run, assuming okay. yeah, that yeah. Red Run will stay on the train. Uh but no, he does that and then simply looks up and oh yes, the giant uh the giant demon metabot with wings is simply flying after him. <laughs> Real good. Uh yeah. Um Banjo does manage to ca- catch up. Uh, they are still going to have this fight on the roof. This is where he calls uh, Iki and Metabi the world champion. Uh. <laughs> so I'm very glad we hear more out of Banjo. Like, the more he talks, the more I really appreciate the the voice he's got. Um, yeah. It's phenomenal. And uh, I also like saying words like champion <laughs> just for no reason. Because I'm, again, an awful person. And Banjo's also an awful person. So I finally get to relate to somebody. It's great. I, I I love this episode. Every part of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's good. Uh, everything about this episode is fucking fantastic. Uh, right down to the fact that they are, they're, they're cornered on this rooftop. Um, and finally, uh, Icky says, oh, hey, remember the 52 episode series that we were a part of before Damashi? Let's start making callbacks to it. It's time to use the metaphors. Uh, yeah. And Metabee is even like, oh, but the metaphors, we know it won't work on kilobots. And he's like, we can't, we got it. Oh, excuse me. Um, we, we just, we got to do it. We got to try. Uh, you got new parts. Let's do it. And yeah. we see, we get a new metaphors animation. Um, I thought that this was going to be a different force that we were going to discover, but no, nope. it's the metaphors. We get a big rainbow circle. We get mm-hmm. rainbow power. Uh, we hear Metabee say it's about time. We like do a pan over his body as we get like a fucking killer X-ray cross section of his parts. Uh, mm. uh, this is this is so good. Um, yeah, like I we've seen the the rainbow effect in like promotional stuff and trailers and whatnot. But like, yeah, it's in the OP like every episode. But like, this is the first time. Like, even when we saw the the metaphors in like the first like episode, basically, yeah, did not do this. No. Uh, and so this is a television program in which a um, beetle robot boy transforms into a car, into a gun, and those transformation sequences didn't get any special animation. But when he shoot real good one time, yeah, well, we get like a five second rainbow. Yeah, but well, I think this is this is maybe like you know this is probably spitballing. This is probably yeah. conjecture. But uh, you know, uh, Mister Metabot himself was probably like, "Hey, li- hey, listen, we got to bring back the metaphors. We got to. I want, I want some rainbow effects in a big circle. I want the wave to go up and down. Give me, give me the Akira people because they did that all the time in Akira. Oh, they work at this telecom industries now. All right, they're animating the episode. This is they. Yeah, this is why they're they're brought on. They know how to make that little effect do the thing. Uh. Rockefeller D Metabot walked in one day and goes, "Hey, do you guys know anime's supposed to look good? I've been watching this anime on TV and like it looks good. We we should do that." And they're like, "Oh, all right, yeah, we'll hire animators. You know, better writing team again, and uh, we'll get back to making a good show." <laughs> That's yeah. that's probably what happened. Then he comes again, goes, "Hey, rainbows are cool. <laughs> what yeah. if we had a circle I, and a rainbow?" Yeah, I mean, uh, Rockefeller D. Metabot walked into his office in the uh, the grand office building on Thirty Metabee, uh, uh Lane in in Metabot City, 
and uh, said, hey, you know, you've seen that movie Akira? I hear it's the best animated movie at all time. You know what's the best part of it? Oh, you mean the bike slide? No. It's when the rainbow effect does the loopy wave in a circle. Give me some of that. <laughs> Is that also from Akira? It's been... Yes. It's it's been like fifteen years since the last. They, they, that's how they like conceptual like when they when they're doing readings of the kids' psychic powers. That's how it's conceptualized on their little three oh, like, yeah, D hologram. Yeah, thing. that's a uh, yeah 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 yeah. I guess that is yeah. And and like the way that they know that somebody has the power of Akira is because it turns into like a full double bubble that like mimics like the the nuclear like mushroom cloud yeah. that that he create. Yeah, you know Akira stuff. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I should watch Akira again sometime. Is what I'm getting from this. I, I, we, um, not to go on another tangent. I feel like this is just going to be a tangent-filled episode. Uh, sadly, um, we're not even. We're in like the first like ten minutes of this episode. Five minutes, maybe. Yeah, but what else um, do we have to talk about? All the new lore and daddy issues that pop up the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do, Mitch. Uh, I'll make this quick. Uh, we had a friend, like me and my friends have a movie, like try to do a movie night every Friday. Uh, found out one of our friends has had never seen Akira. So we threw Akira onto my roommate's incredibly nice TV with a good sound bar. And it's probably the first time I've seen it in like a good 10 years. Uh, and yeah, no, that movie does still slap. And now that I have a fully formed adult brain, I actually understand the ending. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I got to give it a try, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. See how uh, see how Metabots like it's in it. Instead. Oh, yeah. like uh, I could just read Bart Kira if I wanted to read the manga. So, Colin. Yeah. The animation, great. We love the animation yeah. of this uh, metaphors. He does have three catchphrases, <laughs> which which does, well, which is nice. Oh, I only caught two of them. So he says it's about time. Yes. And then he ends with metaphors, but he says oh. something before metaphors. Oh yeah, he says he does. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't mention uh, anything about rocks or dudes, uh, mm. which is kind of surprising. But he does. He does tell Blossomail to kiss your bot goodbye. Does he say that? <laughs> he does. Because I, I listened to it like three or four times, and the closest I got was "get your glasses on." I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I I keep the captions on to help me with note taking, and yes, they do. They the at least the official captions say that he does say "kiss your bot goodbye" because <laughs> I was not following the official captions. Okay, like, kiss your bot goodbye. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's back. That was a good one. Listen, he he found a time machine. He started uh, watching um uh uh fucking. <sighs> What's the samurai game that's not uh, um, Dynasty Warriors? Samurai? It's not Samurai Showdown. Um, shit. Are you at? Sengoku Basara. There we go. Uh, he started watching Sengoku Basara. He saw how cool Date Masamune is riding around on his horse with uh, with with motorcycle handlebars and saying things like "Get your guns on" uh, and just you know, it was like, "Yeah, kiss your glasses goodbye." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, oh. Mitch, you should you should watch Sengoku Basara. You would enjoy it. That's uh, a video game. It is a video game that they. It's, it is a um, the 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 concept behind the video game is, is what if Dante from Devil May Cry had a horse and also was uh, a samurai. 
Not necessarily. It's more like what if uh, Dynasty Warriors took place in medieval Japan in the Sengoku period. Uh, but uh, yeah, they definitely... I don't know how much of this is actually from the games, but the the anime for it is very good and definitely takes some liberties. Uh, that sounds great. For example, um, Date Masamune and all of his samurai dudes are uh, a biker gang where their horses have handle like uh, tied to the horses are uh, motorcycle handlebars and giant exhaust uh, pipes. Despite the fact that they're horses and they don't need them. <laughs> And he says things like, it's time to potty and get your guns on. Uh, yeah, sounds like a great yeah. character. And No, yeah, he, he absolutely rules. Uh, I love the fact his name is Date, and I was thinking about Dante. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. No, da- Date Masamune is a real person in yes. real life. Yes, uh, <laughs> I. it took a minute for that to click through, because I was still thinking of Dante from Devil May Cry, which it sounds like maybe he, he got both names going here. Okay, it's been 10 minutes since we last referenced the fact that we were going on a tangent and needed to, like, uh, maybe record the episode, so I'm going to get us back on track. Uh, um, Metabee uses the metaphors. Uh, He tells uh, Blossomail to kiss your bot goodbye, but it does a single point of damage to Blossomail, and um, (laughs) Banjo just wrecks him. Uh, And then says, hey, listen, uh, let the the masked Metafighter know. I'm coming for him and Tyrell Beetle next. Uh... (laughs) I it was very good that it did one damage. Yeah, like it, one single damage. <laughs> they didn't even go. Oh, it didn't do that much damage, or it was fairly yeah. ineffective, or even zero damage still. Yeah, one. He did do damage to the head, though. Uh, that's the important part. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, we cut over to uh, Nice. Icky's uh, like mad at himself like you know this is the first time they've used the metaphor since he got his new parts he think he's like oh we should have trained more I should have tuned his parts better to use it like it's all my fault etc etc um Zuru's here and he's worried about the mystery metafighter which is weird um because he is him uh but nobody else knows that but Nye and Nye corners him outside and and also like, tries to convince him that like hey you know, even if it's if we think it's ineffective, you should try to use the metaphors. You need to connect with uh, Dorcas and, uh, you know, pull this off. Um, and he's like, well, I can't the Dorcas can't use the metaphors because, you know, uh, he's got a, a regular KFM metal, uh, which is when she takes him to Dr. Aki, who studies Dorcas's metal and finds out it is, in fact, an ancient metal. It is an ancient Rakusho metal. Well, uh, see, this is where we get new lore. We, yes, we do get we get expanded lore. Hey, remember how Metabot season one and two happened? Uh, because now a- Aki does too. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, is this a flashback to season one? Which shouldn't be that weird for an anime. But since season one was a different anime, <laughs> yeah, I I was uh, very we, surprised. Yeah, we get some pans over some uh, archaeologists discovering the first metals in um, uh, uh, Tenochtitlan, Mexico. Um, we find out that uh, uh, here's here's probably the biggest kind of retcon that happens mm-hmm. here, or or like explanation as to how events unfolded that makes sense given like the additional info that we've gotten in Damashi so far. Um, Timeline Metabots doesn't necessarily as- make sense though. Yeah, the original Metabots uh, predated the discovery of metals, 
which given what we know about um you know fucking uh uh the the old ass metabots that dr metabot was using in that previous episode with with um uh uh mm-hmm. nigh kind of makes sense we know that like you know they the the whole tin pet system and like exchangeable um uh like parts didn't uh were like you know uh weren't an original part of the metabot design so it makes sense that those things would come into practice around the same time that they discovered these metals learned how to clone them and to use them as a part of these toys and this is where we find out the crucial thing that caused zuru's dad to leave the company um there was a bunch of extra like a thing that made them a bit like uh move towards using these metals and metabots is that they had combat data on them. Uh, but Aki made the decision, uh, that like they, they only needed enough, like of the data to make them functional. Um, and there's a bunch of, uh, extraneous data and, you know, de- and like uh, super combat data. And so he was like, let's just, let's not clone all that. Let's just clone the basic like movement stuff, the basic personality stuff. And that's what we use. And Zuru's dad objected to that because uh, he was like, you know, uh, uh, we we should, like, use the full power of these. Uh, You know, we're we're trying to create, like, you know, uh, competitive, powerful metabots, and we shouldn't lose any of this stuff, which does kind of seem short-sighted. I think we're probably getting Aki's perspective and, like, clouded judgment on here. Because based on other things we're going to hear from Zero's dad in flashbacks here, I think Zero's dad was actually committed to the fact that they don't, they shouldn't be pruning this data because it's who the metabots are. Um, you know, that's actually a very kind interpretation to the man. It's a different <laughs> interpretation than what I was getting. Um, I like it. Um, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to think about that for a bit. See, what yeah. was coming to me, because the motivation for, um, Dr. Zora, um, that we've been given piecemealed over time um, was he's a guy, he made really strong metabots that just liked fighting. And he did it because his son was so, because what if a kid was so bad at meta fighting, he had no chance of winning. Yeah. (laughs) And we find out later his son was Zuru, who was very bad at meta fighting and had no chance of winning. Keep so in mind, those were several different we, stories we've heard. <laughs> who have we? Who have we heard these stories from? Though uh, we've heard these stories from Doctor Aki, known liar, and his son, Nye, Major Daddy. Well, yeah, and and his son, who also is a complete goober who loses all the time. Yeah. I don't think either of these are trustworthy sources. That's fair. I think we're getting part of the story, but not all of the story. So what you're saying is Metabots Damashi is unreliable narration here. Yeah, yeah. They, like even we, the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I really like the fact that you're like, no, he's he's actually a Metabots rights guy. Actually, the Kilobots are Metabots, you know, all about keeping all that data well, intact. This, in this one instance, the thing that Dr. Aki says about him is uh, he left and formed his own rival team that completely copied an ancient metal. Uh, well, so here's the other thing. Um, so I... I from my understanding, they had the ancient metal, and then they cloned a perfect copy of it called the first metal that had all the data, and then they piecemealed clones off that. So the um, there is a secondary step that we never heard before of first metals, because he didn't say he had a rare metal. He kept saying first metal. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think that that is probably mostly just, like, bad branding between the two shows and, like, try and maybe a bad localization thing. 
Um, That's fair. Because the because it it is like definitely true that um, the the metal that we we find out that you know Zuru has that uh, his his dad mm-hmm. like we explicitly find out his dad's team made a complete copy of an ancient metal and that is the metal that Zuru has that that that's Dor- that's Dorcas's metal. Um, <laughs> what is unclear is exactly how in canon this is with the first two seasons yeah. of Metabots. Uh, because in that they have the ancient metals that they found that they then cloned to make, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the various sundry metals that we have that are, you know, include metal types. You know, the fact that this, this, you know, metal that like, uh, uh, Zuru has explicitly has like a, a fucking pincer beetle icon on it makes us think that, yes, this is supposed to be a, a Rakusho style metal. Uh, cloned from an ancient Rakusho metal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that like, yeah, I, I think probably like, um, uh, for like when Dr. Eki is saying first metal is probably just a weird localization of, of whatever term they were using for ancient metal in in the previous show. That is fair. I, it's just, it was different enough and still like fits in the same canon. I was like, this might be new information. And unfortunately, without me having the subs i'm just never gonna know for sure it's you know you've got to learn japanese i'm sorry uh i guess i guess that's where we're at now all right next by next episode i'll learn fluent japanese okay i'll hold you to it um (laughs) oh man um so we find out that tin bets and metabots predated metals to some degree they all came together to to one eventual uh package um Suru's dad was uh, like his original like uh, project was like you know cloning this metal, um, and he does he gives it to Zuru, tells him it is his like his life's legacy, his life's work, uh, and this is a very I feel like you know I'm still open to the fact that that Doctor Zora is going to be a bad guy. Uh, but there is something very curious going on in the scene where he hands his medal off because he's clearly been knocked to the ground and might be dying and is handing this medal to fucking Zuru. And we also hear, like, villainous laughter, which yeah. could be from Dr. Zuru, but we don't see yeah. his face or mouth when that we hear the laughing. Yeah. So it could be whoever beat this guy up. Cam's dad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. A cat alien. Who knows? Um... Can't rule so, out cat aliens. Uh, uh, Historically, Zuru we and... cannot rule out cat aliens. <laughs> we, can, we can't. Uh, so, uh, Zuru and Dorcas are, yeah, we cut away to them training on a roof in, in the nighttime to use the metaphors, but uh, uh, Dorcas just cannot, like, maintain the energy. Uh, it's too it's it's too powerful for him. It's too draining. He can't summon the metaphors. Uh and the next day, Zuru asks Iki how he summons the Metaphors. And Iki just starts talking about, like, listen, you do it by being friends, best friends with your Metabot. You know, I spend all my extra time with Metabi. He's annoying sometimes, but I love him, and he's my bro, and we hang out all the time. We even eat together, you know? You just gotta, you gotta form those bonds. You gotta get that social link up. <laughs> it's, it's very sweet, the way he talks about Metabi yeah. when Metabi's not around. Uh, even sweeter, we then cut to that night where, uh, Zuru sleeps in between his two metabots. Uh, he's got, he's got Golem 1 on one side, or excuse me, Golem 2 on one side, and then Darkus on the other. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, they're getting ready for bed. So, and Dorcas asks him a very personal question. He asks him why he hates his dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first of all, I really do like the fact that Gorum 2 is here. Because yes. for a while there, Gorum 2 was just a beard, it felt like. Yeah. But, like... And, and it's that- also, I feel like it's really important that, like... You know, yes, when when he fights, he fights in the Tyrell Beetle armor. Mm-hmm. But, like, his identity is still Gorum, too. And, like, that's what Zuru acknowledges him as. Which, like, is, like, very yeah. touching and important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, I genuinely think that's a very important, like, point here. Is that this is not the guy he's trying to get to Metaforce with. But he's like, you know what? I still need to become better friends with this guy. Like, that's, that's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Um, it also, like, uh, as as we start to piece all of this together, it really makes sense that, like, yes, Gorum, too, is Zuru's meta partner. That is his friend. And he is friends with Dorcas. He likes Dorcas. But Dorcas is, like, more of a business partner that's in, uh, excuse me, Dorcas is more of this business partner that is in this business of destroying kilobots with Zuru. <laughs> I, um, well, first off, I'm going to send this photo here in the chat. Yeah. Um, so, Zuru sleeps in a hospital bed with two other metabots here. Oh, it's like Grandpa's fucked up bed from Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah, it is just um, a, a bare mattress, a very long pillow, one sheet, and then two staples on either end. It it looks like a hospital bed. Um, it, it could be, like, I've had bed frames that didn't need... Um, yeah. Uh, 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 the, the, like, a box spring that, like, have, like, those kind of recurved mm-hmm. slats. But yeah, it also could just be like mesh spring wires or something. <laughs> I just at, at first I thought this was going to be a sad scene about how his home life's not great right now because his dad's gone. Yeah, because his room bare, like no funny posters or whatever, and then it's just one sheet, one pillow on this bed. Which I've been there, I get it. There's bars but, <laughs> on the window too. Yeah. like you know, it's rough. Um, yeah, but uh, I I think I think Dorcas is a dad. Not not this is not a detective P- Pikachu situation, but yeah. I, I think his uh he's really projecting uh feelings onto this um kind of cold, emotionally um reserved metabot. Yeah, who probably doesn't want to be Zuru's dad. He wants to be Zuru's friend. And yeah. I think this is what we get to the bottom in the scene is <laughs> that like he's dad's own. You know, him. He, he yeah, like he like he asks Zuru why he hates his dad and like, you know, is like, you know, he he starts to understand that it's it's because Zuru wants his dad back from before mm-hmm. things went bad. Um and we get this this cut to I think maybe the most important flashback in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um where it's it's Zuru riding on his dad's shoulders and his dad talking to him about how, you know, metabots are your friends. It'll be, you know, you, you have to respect them. It'll be the best friend of your life, et cetera, et cetera. As a star shoots across the sky, blinks, <laughs> and then the match on action is the twinkling tear running out of Zuru's eye as he then just wholeheartedly hugs Zuru, uh, Dorcas and just is openly weeping. Uh, which, you know, listen, Zuru's dad used to think that Metabots were friends and he wants to like, you know, through, through the lens of Dr. Aki, he wanted, he wanted to like clone them for power, but wanted to completely recreate these Metabots to like their, their full data extent, because I think that he knew 
that like you got to get that full personality. Like he acknowledged the power of friendship and knows about the metaphor somehow. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, I mean the your day to day metabots uh, we've mentioned on the show seem to just be running a personality program to a degree. Like yeah. they're not fully live people like Metabi or Rakusho or whatever are. Um, whatever differentiation there. I, there there seems to be a lot of difference between your regular metabot and then a very personable person yeah. with the metaphors um, uh, a, a keith turtle or a coma dog do, just don't stack up yeah they get they have emotions but like they're just not lively as much i guess as they it's weird but yeah i i think um i, I think that's where a lot of that extra data comes from is just like you, you know metabee doesn't like beans actually yeah. that kind of junk data <laughs> Yeah. Which is fun. Like, Which, it, like, Aki's like, oh, get that shit out of here. We don't well, need that. Because Aki, uh, I, I assume all his data is encrypted. And Aki doesn't have the full <laughs> encryption going. So he doesn't know this yeah. is the meta bean file, your meta bean file. He just thinks, yeah. oh, yeah, I can't open it up. It can sh- still shoot. Like, it, it's fine. <laughs> we can get rid of this. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of what's been happening, which I like, I love this. Um, I, I really kind of like the mystery of Zuru's dad, because before it was just a straight. All right, yeah, you know he's got sex so bad at meta meta battling that he had to uh, invent an entire new genre of fighting robots. But this conflict, this maybe, you know, there was some uh, violence on his dad's like to his dad. We're, like, yeah, we're nice. gonna find out that like yes, like maybe Zuru's dad was a little morally compromised. Uh, got into the situation over his head, but it's Cam's dad that kills him, steals all of his information, and is the 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 super Edison to Doctor Aki's regular Edison, and is as manufactured this entire situation. Now, <laughs> what if? Hear me out. So we have four named scientists that help bring Metabots to what they were. We have um, uh, what, what Fukushima was it? Fukushima Professor yeah. F. Um, we have Aki. We have uh, Dr. Meta Evil. We have uh, Dr. Zora. Dr. Zora had a disagreement and left the company. Uh, Professor F, Professor Fukushima, flew into space to be with a cat. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Meta Evil went evil <laughs> and uh, then because got, of Space uh, Cat. <laughs> yeah, and but then got converted back over to the side of good and went into space to be rehabilitated at yeah. a therapy program, I assume. <laughs> hey, I, whatever works. Um, and then Dr. Aki, who made control of like a trillion dollar industry here. Um, maybe Aki was the villain the whole time. And it's uh, just... it, you know, did, did, uh, did Dr. Medieval get taken away to, to be like, you know, to get, keep away from us or are we locked in here with Aki? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we live in a meta society. We do. Uh, you know what we should live in? We should live in a podcast. Uh, at Nyes, she is tuning up a bunch of Metabots when Icky and Metabee show up to like get some repairs done. She's just got like literally 30 Metabots to, to uh, fix. And they're kind of like shooting the shit for a second until Banjo shows up to make some trouble. Uh, he is going to have Blossom Ale beat the shit out of Metabee until the Mystery Metafire shows up, which is easy because Red Run is completely fucking unstoppable. Uh, he is about to destroy Metabee when Dorcas comes to the rescue. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we get we get our, our big, you know, end of episode Dorcas Blossom Ale title fight. Uh, Dorcas goes to some of the metaphors, but 
uh, can't keep it up, and it just goes out a little bit and then falls flaccid. <laughs> yeah, nothing. No, I was just. <laughs> I can't relate, so I, I was just listening. <laughs> I, I thought maybe you were going to go off on another personal story, and I didn't want to step on no. your toes. <laughs> um, uh, Red Run does go to finish off Dorcas, but uh, B distracts him by shooting at him. Um, this is when Banjo just tells Blossomel to destroy the entire building, just tear it all to the ground. Uh, Icky tells Zuru that they have to try again, because it is Zuru's faith in Dorcas that is going to give Dorcas power with the Metaphors, which is when finally they, they do it again. It's Metaphors time. Uh, uh, Dorcas summons the power of the Metaphors, fires a big beam. Icky has <laughs> Metabi, uh tag team in for a double Metaphors all across the sky. Like the two beams shoot and then twist together into a big green beam. And it finally breaks through Red Run's armor and destroys destroys the Metabi. And? And, uh, yeah. And Banjo says the greatest line in the episode. The best yeah. line of Metabot's Damashi until next episode, which is... Give it to me. No, so many damage points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I need a clip. I just use that as my soundboard. You get strong yeah. bad. I get no, so many damage points. Yeah, well, it's, you'll, you know, anytime you're ever playing a, a role-playing game online, you just have that on your sa- uh, soundboard, and you can just hit it whenever you need to. <laughs> oh, it's... And the delivery is just so fun. It's yeah. so good. Um, I, this fight, over quickly, had a lot of lasers in it, but like, still looked good. Yeah. They didn't cheap out on any of the fights this episode. And then they, they still got animation budget for the next minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, because Zuru and Dorcas, they're finally feeling connected. They're finally, they're finally you know, uh, uh, equals. They're, they're fully on the same wavelength. Uh, but, uh, here's the thing. B wants to get fixed up by Nye and Icky starts to make fun of him and saying he wants to kiss her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meta B does have very fun, like, like very uh, expressive, emotive and like fun animation when talking about how like draining the metaphors is, but yeah, yeah. uh, Meta B's, you know, getting picked on for what to kiss Nye. Uh, we all want to kiss Nye, I think. Yeah. So, Who like, <laughs> I thought that was the point of Meta's Dama. She is. Everyone's like. Yeah, that night is pretty good. I I don't under, I don't understand little boys. I guess. Yeah, that's that's because you're a little man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank. Anyways, you. Uh, we're an hour into recording and we have another episode to cover. I kill a bot. Um, we are starting out. We are down by the river. We do get a really we get an overhead pan down the um, the sluiceway uh, down this this storm river drain. Mm-hmm. Um, which you've never seen before. It's really nice. Uh, Susie's here. She's bored. She's trying to play with a cat. Um, and we cut over to Icky, who is coaching Tack and Command Dog through a battle. Um, and they don't totally suck anymore. Um, the poor nerd that they're fighting does suck tremendously, though, and he beats them very easily. <laughs> yeah, um, very weird, because, like, that kid's that kid's really good at meta fighting. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, listen, he's been, uh, uh, when we're not watching him, he is training with Aki and Metabee. This is what we need to learn. <laughs> I, I'm guessing, yeah. It's good. I I like these tag episodes. They're a nice change yeah. of pace. They're, now that we've had enough of them, and they are kind of the thing that threads back to the first episode of Damashi, mm-hmm. like, they, they're they're good. Like, this is, uh, like they, they give a continuity to a part of the show that I really didn't enjoy, uh, but is making me look back to it like more favorably. 
I, absolutely. Um, I just really like it because it um, Icky should be a mentor to people. Like, yeah, he's one of the best meta fighters in the world, provably. He was the second place world champion. Like, yes, yeah. he should be training people. Uh, and he did fight off sort of an alien invasion, at least a giant baby, which is as scary as an alien invasion. Um, <laughs> he did that. Not quite single-handedly, but single-handedly enough. He should be, like, and everyone knows his name in town, sure, but, like, he should have kids want to learn from him constantly. And the fact he finally gets to, um, like, show some of that, hey, I'm actually very good at this. Because when we see Icky on his own, like, it's not very good. He's losing yeah. a lot, <laughs> and it doesn't get to show off how he's actually very good at metafighting, like the first two seasons. So it's really nice we get to see hey, I'm actually good at this. I'm going to express talent, even though for story reasons, I have to lose all the time. It's yeah. nice. He gets that. And then Genkai, obviously one of the best written characters of all of media, um, <laughs> also butts in and really grows as a mentor. It's great. I I, I really look forward to these now because of that, which is weird. Uh, you know what else is great? Uh, um, this Metabot's Spike name is Hamshin. Spike has some... Uh, what? The Metabot's name was Hamshin? Uh, no, the fact that Spike decided to make steam buns for Samantha. Yeah, very good. <laughs> now, this yeah. entire back and forth is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me. He didn't steam some bow. He uh, baked some pantry pockets. <laughs> um, Icky goes to make fun of him. Yeah. And then uh, um, Sloan like, just goes, you're just jealous. We have a gourmet chef in our group and you don't. And Icky's yeah. like... Yeah, that sure shut me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out that Spike uh, skipped homework to learn how to make these, uh, which makes Sam so proud that she's the head of a gang of losers. Okay, um, I, I got to quote this again, because it's very yeah. rare we get two Sloan quotes that actually mean anything, like just yeah. in general. Um, so he goes, Spike and I made an oath of commitment, whereby we have sworn off doing anything that even remotely takes away from our thugly duties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I love it. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, Susie overhears this from the bridge, and this is what inspires her to recruit some thugs of her own. Um, uh, you know, she's got to get her own gang going, which is when she runs into Bulk and Skull from previous episodes mm -hmm. and is like, hey, you know, you should be, you should be my, my, uh, my, uh, second in command. You should be my, my gang. And they're like, no. And they run away. <laughs> They would be very good Spike and Sloan replacements, though. Yeah, and she's a good uh, Sam replacement. We went over this. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping it works uh, out for him. Well, we'll see, uh, because she does set her eyes on Tack um, and follows him and Command Dog uh, to when they go to face off against someone new. Uh, but it turns out that uh, this new fight he's getting into is actually with a killabot named Brown Bison, whose armor is completely fucking impenetrable. Uh, Command Dog simply cannot pierce it, and uh, this is a this is a really good fight in that it's like got a got a lot of like really good moments where it's like oh you know Command Dog has managed to get grabbed, but he snuck a, a barrel in under you know a, a Brown Bison's like guard and just starts firing at his face, and it doesn't do anything because his armor is too good. Uh, it's a fun fight, and I really do like this uh, this kid's Weevil Underwood haircut and his, like, giant eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, so Susie steps in and tries to recruit him, and it's like, hey, listen, you know, I could get you a kilobot. We could have a good time. You could win. And uh, he refuses and runs away. Um, takes Command Dog to Nyes to get repaired. 
uh, and, uh, you know, Icky and Metabi are trying to give him advice, um, uh, but they end up getting in a fight together over some extracurricular activities that they've been having. Mitch, do you want to describe what Icky and Metabi have been up to? <laughs> so, uh, through some back and forth, um, uh, Metabi makes fun of Icky and calls him the Count because of his poor math skills, to which Icky replies, if I'm the Count, that makes you the Duchess. Metabi goes, that was a Halloween costume. <laughs> And then goes on to uh, elaborate that uh, Miss Tenrio signed the boys up for figure skating lessons, which they take. And um, also, uh, it might have done it, Icky jokes, that it was for Metabee's self-expression, which we see he really has been working on lately via art class and yeah. everything. So, like, yeah, I that sounds like a dig. Probably true. Um, and then Metabee gets so mad he cancels their double tennis game later. And I'm like, so first of all, Metabee dressed as a duchess, I guess, Halloween costume slash Ren Faire, Metabee? Okay. Yeah. Um, they're taking figure skating together and they do doubles tennis? I need more information. I need to watch those episodes. We're simply, hopefully, hopefully we will get the uh, the next Slice of Life episode. We will see Metabee in a, in a duchess dress. Look, uh, I, I will settle for doubles tennis. I'm not saying they have to do the duchess dress. I'm not saying they have to do figure skating, although... I'm here for both of those things. Uh, a tennis episode would be good. A baseball episode would be better, though. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll go with that. Uh, so, um, uh, Tack kind of, like, chimes in, and he just thinks that, you know, after that fight with Brown Bison, that Command Dog just isn't strong enough. Uh, he doesn't have enough power, and uh, the, now that we're in Dimashi and you simply can't buy new weapons and new parts for your Metabot, uh, clearly he just needs to kick him to the curb. Uh, and um, Icky's like, no, like, he's fine. You just need to practice more. Like, it's about your skill as a team and, and meta fighters. It's not about, like, straight raw power. But Tack gets frustrated, throws his watch at Icky, and leaves. Uh, and this is where Susie follows him to a park. Um she tells him that all he needs is a kilobot. Uh, she can borrow one of hers for a few uh, uh, for just a few hours a day of work, and uh, he'll win all the he'll win all the battles that he, he you know could ever want. Um, and he eventually agrees. He signs on, and she's like, "Okay, cool. Uh, hope you know how to French braid, uh, because this is going to be the running theme. Is he is going to be uh, Susie's uh, a, a manicure slave uh, in the background of these episodes? I guess." <laughs> Yeah, uh, he signed up to be a lackey, and I'm all right. Okay, it's a fun dynamic for for a character like Susie and Sam to have. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> um, but I'm a bigger fan of when Susie and Tack go out to the park for the first time and the the exchange they have with the kid there. Well, real quick, we have to we have to find out how she gets a a kilobot for yeah, that's fair. Uh, Tack to yeah. use. She uh, meets up with Bulk and Skull again, which I wish I could remember their actual character names. Um, they don't and, need them. And, uh, you know, inspects one of their meta watches and says, oh, no, this is scratched up. Uh, you need to go take it in and get a repair while it's under warranty. I'll be a good friend and I'll take it to uh, the Extreme Tech uh, Corporation, uh, uh, you know, uh, store and I'll get it taken care of for you. I'll be back in a couple hours. Bye. And runs off with it, uh, gives it to Tech, uh, who then uses it to summon um, uh uh, Unitrix, not Exor. I don't know why I wrote Exor down. Um, and they, yeah, they go to the park. They find that kid. And um, how do they address him, Mitch? 
Uh, so they go, yo, bowl cut. To which the kid just, <laughs> his head just snaps up and goes, I would assume you're talking to me considering I'm the only kid in this park with a bowl cut. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Between this and uh, the lines at the end of this episode with Genkai, this is yeah. one of the greatest written shows. This is this is better than Shakespeare. Yeah, we are finally back to those like really quippy, really cutty, like, you know, uh, like very efficient uh, uh, scripts from the first two seasons. Uh, So they get into a fight. Uh, He summons uh, Unitrix. Um, You know, he runs out of ammo halfway into the fight and Susie gets him to cheat, gets him to transport in ammo. Um, And this is what uh, catches Genkai's attention. And after the fight is over, he stops him and... uh, you know, the kids, the tax trying to talk to Unitrix and Unitrix isn't saying anything back. And Ginkai reminds him, Kilobarts aren't friends. They, they can't be your friend. There's nothing in that noggin. Um, no thoughts had empty. Tack, yeah. But tax like, well, it's more important. I, I don't want to lose anymore. I've been losing too much, despite the fact that this episode opened with him winning. Um, yeah. And uh, this is when Susie kind of like distracts from the whole Genkai thing and just gasses him up and says, listen, you're so powerful with Unitrix, you can even defeat Metabee and Icky. That's what we're going to do next. Um, and so uh, off screen, he calls Icky to set up a match. We see uh, Icky on the phone, hangs up, and uh, B and Command Dog are hanging out on the couch. They've been taking care of Command Dog together. And he's like, hey, I guess, you know, we got to fight. We got to fight tomorrow. Uh, and they all show up at the construction site. Um, real quick, <laughs> I, I yeah. do want to bring attention to um, Command Dog talking is one of the worst things in the world, actually. It is. Uh, um, they can't decide what kind of fake dog voice they want to do behind that like robot filter. And it because sometimes they do Shaggy or not Shaggy. Sometimes they do Scooby-Doo. Sometimes they do like other like cartoon dog references while they're talking. Yeah. And it, none of it works. It's all bad and hard to understand. And if, then they put a robot filter over it. If this was the first episode that featured Command Dog, I would understand. Because, yeah, they're going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. But this is the third time he's appeared in this fucking show. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a lot of lines, which, with the exception of one line, I just didn't listen to because they were bad. <laughs> but one yeah. line, he's got one line, and I love it. But yeah, they go so, to the fight, and it's good. They go to the construction site. Susie shows up, too. Um, uh, you know, tosses, uh, you know, attack uh, his, his meta watch that she is quote unquote, letting him borrow, uh, so that he can, uh, just kind of like actively say that he doesn't want command dog. Um, uh, as the fight commences, Icky tells B that in order to show tack the true power of, of friendship, uh, B's got to win without using any weapons. Um, so we get a bunch of bits of. Meta B going into action mode to jump over a big hole, going out of action mode to jump over a has, big hole. Has Meta B <laughs> beaten Unitrix with using guns before? Um, I, I think Meta B's beaten Exor. Has has he beaten Unitrix? Like without someone else helping? I don't think so. <laughs> I, you know, I'm really thick at it. I don't think he has. Yeah, I think every time someone else has helped or it's become like a doubles battle or whatever. Over time. Yeah, there have been extenuating circumstances, but this is this is perhaps the first real meta battle they've had together. We know we you know aside from the the cheating that's going to go on with uh, transportation, but um, meta B does hide behind a big stack of um, uh, uh, construction materials, gets a hard hat which uh, hovers <laughs> over his head as it's perched on top of his gun antenna, 
Um, Very cute. He uses a big tarp as a shield, uh, but eventually gets stuck into a big pile of gravel. Um, as he's which is when you yeah. as he's grabbing that tarp, he makes beetle noises. He does. <laughs> and I was I was like, Metabots, Metabots is back. I, I've been waiting Listen. for these beetle noises because we didn't get them in the sub except for that one episode. Listen, next next two episodes, if I I guarantee we're gonna get a melon, and I'll be so happy. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Um, so. We cut outside the fight, outside the construction zone. Yeah. And, um... Oh, well, real quick. Yeah. Uh, Unitrix does try to line up a shot. Um, Meta B frees himself by going into action mode and going back into meta, uh, regular mode to do a backflip. Uh, and this is when we see Tack is continually transporting in new ammo to try and hit. And then this is where we go outside of the battlefield, where Susie is watching. And she heads off into an alleyway where Ambiguous 2 is waiting. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to be happy. Like, in uh, these two episodes, yeah. we get a bunch of Arc Dash, a bunch of Banjo, and now Ambiguous too. Yeah. And Susie. I love yeah, all yeah. of these. All of all of my creatures are here. Uh. Um, so, uh, Susie and um, Ambiguous 2 are going to cheat, obviously. Yeah. Um, Command Dog shows up to stop him and says, mind your own dog bones. Yeah. <laughs> to which Susie starts arguing with Command Dog. And then uh, Genkai walks up to stop her. So she says, why don't you mind your own dog bones? Words <laughs> that no one else has ever said. Yeah. Prior to the first. Clearly. Like seconds ago that Genkai was not there for. And without missing a beat, he goes, because I'm making it my dog bones. You're messing yeah. with the mind of a little kid. I'm not going to stand here and watch you do it. Which is a great line from, from Genkai. Um, yeah. But the fact he says, because I'm making it my dog bones, <laughs> raises this so high. I cannot Listen, emphasize enough how much I love the fact he says, because I'm making it my dog bones. We know that, like Gamera, Genkai is a friend to all children. That's um, true. This is this is, this is is his driving motivation. He's here to support the kids, to protect them from bullies. That's why he's, like, trying to protect Tack. <laughs> and what do kids say? The darndest things. So I'm sure he's <laughs> ready to just, at the drop of a hat, oh, we're talking about dog bones? Okay, cool, that's fine. I'll roll with it. Uh <laughs> See, I I got the reference originally because um, when I skipped ahead uh, previously uh, to see an earlier episode, I saw Genkai pulled his arms and legs inside of his body and spun around. So, like, <laughs> I, I got the Gamera thing right away. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's nice to see, like, the seed was planted a while back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. D uh, go back 10 seconds, forget what I said, and then skip back to now. Um, Mitch, you, this, this joke doesn't even work because we've already passed the point that you skipped ahead to, to make sure that Metapods was still good. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, Ambiguous 2 beats the shit out of Command Dog and just as he's about to finish them off, Arc Dash stops it, nick of time. Um, and, uh, as, as she is threatened by Arc Dash and Genkai, uh, Susie ditches the entire plan to go to the mall. Um, no longer cares about Tak, who she is talked to about doing her nails or going purse shopping with her. This is just, she's out of it. This is no longer useful for her. This is why, you know, this is what sets her apart from Sam. As much as I love Susie as a villain, Sam has loyalty to her underlings. Mm-hmm. It's very important. You well, have to you have to protect your team. <laughs> you you got to understand. Um, he was more of an under intern currently. <laughs> he, he was still within that ninety days. 
Listen, uh, Sam would never have a free internship. She would pay people what they deserve. Uh, and the payment is noogies, sadly. But uh, it's what they deserve. Like, it's in the contract. <laughs> you get paid what you deserve. That's not always a good thing. Yeah. Um, we do cut back to the battle. Uh, Medivy uh, grabs a piece of siding or something, surfs down this giant gravel hill, and uses uh, that to take out Unitrix, as he says, surf, surfs up. Uh, finally beats Unitrix in a match, uh, you know, and, and afterwards, you know, uh, uh, Genkai gives Tak a lesson about being friends with, you know, the, 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 the power isn't everything, it's how you use it, uh, and also lets him know that, hey, oh, wow, Susie was about to come in and cheat uh, and really mess with this battle, and uh, some metabots stepped in and stopped her by the name of Command Dog and gets our friends back together. Um which is which is ironic. Yeah, it's he, just it's great. He didn't have to. He gave credit. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, so real quick. Um, so Meta B surfed to beat this uh, opponent um, without using guns. So he had to think about the one person who doesn't use guns that he respects, which is Rikusho, Obviously, yeah, it's first yeah. love. Um, and how? What was the first thing we ever saw Rikusho do? Surf. Exactly. Yeah. So like <laughs> that. That got me right here. Between this and Arc Dash, I'm like, this is Meta B's a softie. Big fan. Um, but yeah, uh Genkai gives credit to Gomandog and like it's real good. It's very nice. Yeah. Uh sadly we still don't have this connection between Iki and, and Genkai, even though they're both blushing as they angrily face away from each other. Uh they're still not ready to be friends yet. Uh emphasis on the yet. Um truly this will be a beautiful friendship to to blossom and bloom. And then I get Perhaps a little bit love more. Is in the air. I get a little more shipping fodder, because yeah, uh, Genkai walks away. Arkdash lingers. Uh, then Genkai says, "Come on, Arkdash." Arkdash walks away. Medibi takes two steps after Arkdash, and then turns to Aki, like, "When are you two going to kiss and make up?" But the lingering that follow, and then the word "kiss" immediately afterwards. I mean, you don't have to write fan fiction on Tumblr to see what's going on here. Like, it's yeah. right there. It's barely even subtext at this point. It's text, Mitch. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> the word kiss is there if you watch the captions. You just have to ignore the other words. Yeah, it is literally text on the screen. Uh, we then cut over to Susie. She is trying to befriend this cat on the bridge once again, but the cat is not enjoying it. Uh, Bulk and Skull show up because she still has one of their, their meta watches, their kilowatches, I guess. And so she wraps it around the torso of the cat and then sends the cat off into the street for them to chase after. And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> Which is probably the most villainous thing I think I've seen in this cartoon. Yeah. Um, Mitch, like, there isn't anything truly amazing about this episode. Like, I know we got a bunch of, like, lore shit that we, we always sorry. love in the I'm previous sorry, episode. Um, Genkai said, because I'm making it my dog boat and sitting here over here telling me there was nothing truly great. Better be surfed uh, down a hill. Th- what I'm saying is that this is a pretty normal yeah. baseline episode mm-hmm. for what we think of when we think of good metabots. But I think the fact that, you know, one... We do get some great lines in this episode. Two, we're pulling back. We're pulling, you know, disparate past characters back in the narrative for a thing that relates to the themes of the show without driving, like, the main central plot of it. Like, this is what this this style of episode is what made the first two seasons good. Mm -hmm. And they are actively doing it again. And I am so happy for it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like, 
we still have oh god uh how many more episodes a bunch not that many we're in the back half um this is uh so i kill a bot is episode 25 we got 39 so we got we got another 14 episodes that's that's yeah we, that's we basically few. we're going into the last core of this show yeah um, um which is like if this is where they're at now in 10 episodes like i'm i'm gonna be watching it anyway because we're doing this podcast but like like 10 episodes from now they might be going some places yeah if this is I where mean, they're at now for yeah not a filler episode but not a story-based episode this one i kill a bot. yeah well well mitch i know uh this is a mine i've been going to at the end of every time we record but uh our next two episodes are thanks for the memories and how spike got his style back i'm and then after that is the metabot straight line marathon and kung fu for thought we're getting some fucking filler my dude uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but um, given how Spike was basically a main character last series, I don't think you can say a Spike-centric episode is filler. I mean, um, I can he, say that it. Well, he had he we had more episodes but, yeah. about him than any other singular character. Here's the thing, though, is that uh, it's not like we have something like you know um, the the metabot tournament going on or something we are not set up for any actual plot right now we're not about to head into a tournament where there's no looming apocalypse on on the skyline like we're mostly like the bad stuff that was going to happen with kilowatts hitting the market has happened and we're just kind of living with it right now we're in filler territory mm -hmm. until probably you know we've got kung fu for thought erica to the rescue uh rough on a hot tin uh rough rough or roof rough on a hot tin cat and then i don't think it's until meta forced and poor miss nye that we're gonna have actual plot going on and then it's probably just plot until the end of the fucking show uh but i think we just i think we're just gonna be messy with it for a couple episodes and i'm here for it yeah um i i know you famously um you're not a big fan of filler um, I, I've listened to a couple of your other <laughs> podcasts and I, I think you've gone on record saying that, um, I think you went on like an hour long tirade about how filler's bad actually. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I live for this stuff because that's where you really get a feel for the characters. Do not believe Damashi's lies. Uh, or I guess don't believe Metabot's lies. Never dot. I don't know. I, I don't know how to make this a never believe a joke. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, good, this is good episodes. Uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Big Bad Beetleboy on Twitter. I'm there every day complaining about something or another. Colin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at my public account, at Pagetish. You can find me at my private account, at Pagetesque. Um, by the time this episode comes out, uh, I will have, you know, I... Um, I I'm a big fan of my friend's podcast. Uh, podcasting is forbidden in the cloud recesses. Uh, which is about, uh, you know, famous Zhangjia uh, Chinese fantasy novel, animation, live action, audio drama series, Modazushi. Uh, I guested on there um, pretty recently to when we're recording, uh, which will be like two or three weeks after this comes out. Um, uh, just, you know, it kind of snuck up on me, so that's why I have not brought it up until now. Um, also, by the time this episode comes out, uh, my episode on Mobile Suit Breakdown should be out, where uh, I am I am there, I guess, 
chief environmental co- correspondent for Shar's Counterattack. I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, but it should definitely be out by the time this episode comes out. So go give both those a listen. Um, they're both I, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to say, because I'm their chief char expert. I was like, well, yeah, all right. No, definitely. I'm expecting, uh, I don't know. I know. I only know one other guest that they have lined up and they are going to be discussing Char related issues. Also, I did talk about Char a lot on that episode. He's very central to the environmental themes of it, but, Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who, who knows who else they're going to have on that, uh, that show. And, you know, after that, we won't ever need a podcast to talk about Char's counterattack ever again for the rest of our fucking lives. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find the show at Meta Watch. You can find the show at Meta Roch. Uh, and uh, yeah, good times, great oldies. Bitch, how, do, how the fuck do we end the show? <laughs> Historically, we don't. We just talk, and then eventually someone says something, and then Sting happens. Meta Watch!